Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Lit AF with your host, Sarah Cohan. I am so excited about today's episode. I had a wonderful conversation with a fantastic career coach, Stefania Romeo. She's uh, worked in the tech industry for a long time for both BuzzFeed and Uber, and she's also had an amazing, very inspiring personal wellness path, and she's now married those two um, kind of learnings and practices, and now she uh, have a, has a blog called Vera Life and a fantastic podcast um, with her fellow co-founder called This Life Explains It All. Um, and I just had the best conversation talking with her. It was very inspiring for any of you that want to be a little bit more empowered in your current career. Um, or if you're unemployed or underemployed and you want some inspiration on your next steps, whether that's for yourself or for um, and working for another position. Um, she definitely talks a lot of, uh, about many spiritual leaders that I also follow. So that was really fun to hear. Um, and she remembers quotes verbatim, which is on my list to start to do. <laughs> Cause I'm always like, mm, yeah, you know, that one quote that's like your life, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember it exactly. So that was really fun to hear. Um, and I'm also really excited. You guys, I have another storytelling workshop coming up. It's going to be on Monday, July 27th from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And the theme of this workshop is going to be editing. So if you've ever told a story, and I'm very guilty of this, and it was maybe just like a little bit too long or you found yourself giving information that maybe wasn't necessary or to the point of the whole story, that is what we're going to be working on. I'm so excited for this topic. Um, these workshops have been super, super fun. They I capped them at 15 so that it's not a big group. And everyone has brought some really fun stories to share with each other. Um, and I've actually found that um, doing them on Zoom has worked really, really well. So we can use all the features to have breakout rooms and intimate conversations and then also um, get together and share with each other. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can visit my website, which is HiveMind, H-I-V-E-M-I-N-D.coach. And uh, the workshop information is at the very top of that website. I hope you consider joining. It is super fun. All right, guys, without further ado, here's this week's episode. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited today to welcome Stefania Romeo to Lit AF. She has an amazing background in tech, working in leadership for both Uber and BuzzFeed. And she's also the co-founder of Vera which is a resource for modern wellness. And they do tons of content, including a podcast, they have a coaching practice, and they do events. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, excited for this. Oh, me too. So um, just to jump in, I would love to hear about your background in tech in San Francisco specifically and how that has, um, I'm sure this is going to be a very long story. I'm very much looking forward to hearing the whole thing, <laughs> how you've pivoted that to creating Vera in your coaching business. Sure. So I'll tell you about my experience with tech in San Francisco, but I'm actually going to start in New York because that is where I started my career in tech and what led me into my role in San Francisco. So from the East Coast, my I worked, my first um, experience working in tech was that I was early on at BuzzFeed, which is 
technology as it relates to media, so media and technology. And I was early on there and worked in partnerships and operations. I led our, I co-led actually with who is now the founder, a co-founder of Vera, um, our global partnerships team. And it was very partnership and operations and I loved it and I loved the fast pace. Um, And I really first got my exposure to like, okay, this is what it's like to really build something from the ground up and feel what it feels like to make an impact and see that every day. I also was fortunate to have the opportunity for the first time to lead a big team. I led a team of 30 people. And while I loved my work and the content of my work, I'll talk about this a little bit in, in my experience at Uber too, I always loved guiding and coaching best. And so when I was ready to move on from BuzzFeed and take on a new challenge, I was really interested in Uber. I wanted to join another exciting high growth company where I could really build something again from the ground up. And so I kind of parlayed my experience from BuzzFeed into a role at Uber. So hence where I began to work in tech in San Francisco. Ah, nice. Got it. Yes. So I made the move across the country, uh, which also was a great learning experience for me (laughs) in a big moment in my life. Wow. And I was part of our initial really handful of people who started what was called then Uber Everything. And Uber was beginning to experiment with how do we build new business units on top of the rides business that we've created and that is so popular and successful. And we experimented with a few different things. What really ended up taking off was Uber Eats, as you may know. Very familiar. (laughs) Yeah. And I got the opportunity to build programming and build a team again in a new way. And I loved it. And it was a really great learning experience for me. It was different from BuzzFeed because BuzzFeed was still small. Even when I left, it felt really small and kind of like a family. And Uber, I had I have made great relationships. I have some great friends from uh, my experience there, but it was so much bigger. And mm. so I really felt like I was one of such a big group. Um, but I really... Got, I tried to take everything I could from that experience. But again, the same thing happened to me that had happened to me at, or the same kind of realization came that had happened with BuzzFeed, where I said, I, I like the content of my role, but what I really love is guiding my team, seeing them into what they can really thrive and su- be successful at and feel good doing. And so my, really my manager there and even um, my, my manager, my bosses at, in prior uh, roles, including at BuzzFeed had always said, you'd be really good at coaching. I actually had an opportunity at BuzzFeed to work with an executive coach myself for the first time. And so um, I always had that in the back of my mind and I always wanted to do it. I actually got some experience with coaching executives throughout my roles, because Uber and BuzzFeed were so fast paced and there was changes happening all the time, especially at BuzzFeed, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, especially at Uber. I was at Uber during the delete Uber, during the times where everything was turning over and we were doing a lot of change management. And I remember going up to an executive and saying, Hey, this whole narrative that you're communicating and are the way that we are trying to get people on board and trying to get people to understand what the point of all this, like it's not landing. So we need to do it differently. And then we completely redid the narrative and the structure of that. And that just felt 
good and easy to me. And I'm like, there's something here. So, um, when I was ready to move on, I, I left Uber and I began doing some consulting, which then turned into coaching work. And from there came together with my dear friend and co-founder, Catherine Griffiths, who's the other co-founder of, of Veer. And we said there was a lot of kind of thought and reflection and different kinds of things that we did to figure out how do we want to take this and create something and what does that thing look like? Um, but then as we kind of soft launched Vera last year, um, we introduced the coaching practice and formalized that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I love that you like saw the little kind of breadcrumb trail all the way through and it wasn't just like explosive, like I got to go, this isn't working. It's like no parts of this are working and I'm going to take that and like bring that to you, new practice. Yeah. I think you can always f- learn something about yourself and find something out about what really lights you up and what you're good at in any experience that you have. There's always going to be a little morsel of something, whether it's big or small, that you can explore into a little bit more and a little bit more. I talk a lot about following um, those guideposts of what lights you up. You'll always be guided to something that makes sense for you if you figure out how to listen to what's coming through for you and what those guideposts are. Yeah. Oh, such good advice. It's like every moment counts. (laughs) (laughs) Don't waste, don't waste it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the other thing though, along those lines is that it all happens perfectly. And so sometimes Mm -hmm. we say, Oh, I wish I started this before. I wish I did this before. I didn't really like that thing, but it all leads you to the place. And so it's all happening and unfolding as it's, as it's meant to, I believe. I love that. And everyone's right on time. That's part of your podcast intro. And I love that because I'm always yes. late, literally. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I am right on time. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. We felt like it was so important to put that in the intro of like, that's what our work is about because that realization has just been so, so profound for mm-hmm. us. Oh, I love that. It's yeah. amazing. Well, tell me then about your wellness journey. And I'm so curious how that folded back into Vera. And I, I just want to touch on that because oh, listening to the podcast, I'm like, oh, this is so like San Francisco for me. It's like tech uh-huh. and then wellness mixed together. And it's so cool and it's just so poignant. So I'd love to yeah. hear about your wellness journey. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say before I go into the wellness journey that just came to mind, as you said, this is so San Francisco, it's the tech and the wellness, is that we really found that when we were looking at resources that were out there and even the resources that we follow and learn from in the space, there really isn't much, if not maybe not anything out there that combines the different pieces of what we call a modern woman's life together mm-hmm. in the way we do in our minds. Mm-hmm. So for us, our career journey and being empowered in our career and work and playing the biggest we can there is not necessarily separate from being our best physical self and getting and and feeling whole and feeling all of those more kind of mental and emotional things that we might work on or physical we think of these things i do for sure as all one big kind of ecosystem or part of what makes me whole and my best and so mm. we really wanted to bring that forward in the podcast where we're having conversations about career. We're talking to entrepreneurs and people who have done really incredible or inspiring things. And then we're also talking about how do we empower ourselves through our health? It's all connected. 
and love that. So I like that you said that. It was uh, <laughs> made me feel good. Yay. Um, I see it. I see the vision. <laughs> it's coming through. Yes. Um, so my wellness journey. So I thought about this a bit before this conversation and really my wellness journey was sparked by the most difficult moments in my life, the very lowest points. And it began first with physical wellness. And so I'll talk a little bit about that um, and then about some of the more uh, mental, emotional, spiritual wellness that came a little bit later. When I was probably about 10 or so years ago, I'm really not good at tracking time. I'll say around around time. time. <laughs> what is time? <laughs> what is time? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so I was living in New York, as I mentioned earlier. I was, you know, leading a life that I was enjoying a lot, was super fast paced. I was working a lot, trying to do all of the things. Um, and I began to feel very, very ill. And I was getting sick or feeling, I was in a state of illness at all times. Every Mm. time I ate, I was feeling really sick. I had really crazy brain fog. I just didn't feel like myself. I went to so many doctors to try to figure out what was going on with me. I got so many tests. Everything kept coming back and saying, you're fine. Nothing's Mm. wrong with you. Wow. I then uh, from doing my own research, which I had not done so much of to date, I was too caught up in the distractions of my life, was like, you know, I may have like some food sensitivity. I want to get tested for that, which the doctor didn't even want to test me for. I think now, 10 years later, mm-hmm. 10-ish years later, that would be pretty common. But 10 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, it was not. This may have even been a little bit more than than 10. But anyway, it was not. And so I asked for this test and I found out I had a lot of food sensitivities and there were a number of food groups that I should not eat. And mm. I began doing a lot of my own research around where does my food come from? What's in my food? How can I change to have more of a clean eating lifestyle? But beyond just like what is the food and what's the clean eating, I really became passionate about where is my food coming from? And if I don't empower myself to make the right decisions and to educate myself, no one else is going to. Mm -hmm. I was always the person who was like doing a fad diet or buying like foods that were like marketed low sugar, XYZ diet, low fat, which I learned do not buy packaged food with claims on them. (laughs) Good lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so it was a big realization for me that it's up to me to empower myself and no one else is coming. No one else is going to kind of save me in this way. One of my teachers, um, Anand- Ananda Srimati, she's also known mm. as Julie Pyatt. You and I have talked about her before. She says all the time, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. No one's coming to save you. And it may feel a little bit... Um, of a smaller example to relate that to what I'm eating and putting in my body. But for me, it's really big because it really kind of connected those dots that I need. I, it's up to me to empower myself. And so I got really into all that research um, and was feeling really good. And that was a big, big moment for me. And I'm really into knowing and learning about all of that stuff. Later on, I had a different 
or kind of next level of my wellness journey where I had just moved to San Francisco and I had moved with my partner. And so I wasn't completely alone, but my life was so different. I had gone from having tons of friends, a packed social life, tons of community to really not having any friends. I didn't have one friend Mm. and I felt so alone. It was really the most lonely, alone feeling period of my life. And I was feeling really down and situationally depressed. And I found myself asking myself, what am I doing here? Why did I, you know, why, what has really led me here? How can I feel better? I don't want to feel like this anymore. I felt so disconnected. And I did some more research and I came across an energy healer and ancestral kind of clearing and healing expert in San Francisco. Her name's Tanya Corona. We've had her on the podcast and I've now continue going, I continue to go to her and a lot of my friends go to her now too. But I went to her and it was my first appointment with or experience with anything that was more kind of in the healing realm. And I was definitely really skeptical, but I left that appointment feeling so much more connected and so much lighter and really so empowered. She helped me understand and she did healing work on me to connect my energy centers that were really out of whack and out of balance and also to connect to my experience Another idea that was really profound for me that was your this stuff is coming up for you, and this is part of the ancestral part. This stuff is coming up for you, and it's related to what's happening in your life right now, but we're also carrying with us, and you're carrying with you ancestral traumas and things that need to be cleared and and that's some of the reason why some of this feels so heavy for you and worked through clearing that as well and it had such a profound impact for me that I continued to explore this healing space and really it became a passion of mine and something where I would create recommendations for friends and others and do lots of exploration and all of that work and all of that passion led into folding that into Vera and really was an inspiration for Vera as well. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that story. I love your research. I like that you're just like, and then I just researched and then I just casually found this amazing solution. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I like to think that I was guided to it in Uh, some way. I think that when, like I said before, when we can really feel into and listen to ourselves and listen to what we're being guided to, we will be guided to the right things. And one of the other things I've learned is that really in our low points, in our lowest moments, we, these are our sacred moments and we can really have a lot of clarity in them. And I don't know, you know, if, if you can relate or anyone listening might be able to relate that really in those low points, we can see things a little bit more clearly. Oh, 100%. It's like anger. Anger is such a powerful tool that I've been afraid of my whole life. <clears throat> and I'm now realizing that, oh, it's actually a really great tool because it shows me that I'm upset about something. A boundary has yes. been crossed. Yes. 
That's instead of so being important. ashamed of it. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm yeah. Um, okay. So I want to back up a little bit. I am personally asking this because when you were doing this, I'm currently on an elimination diet okay. from my chiropractor. We did some fun kinesiology food allergy tests mm-hmm. and it was, I just found the change to be so depressing for the first couple of weeks. And now I'm like, it's been like six weeks. So I'm like, I can do it with like, like eyes closed. I'm like a hundred percent ready to like, you know, socially distant, hang with friends and bring me on snacks. Like yeah. I, I got uh-huh. it, but I'm so yeah. curious at the beginning. Was it like really, really hard or did you find it just like so easy for you? Well, I think it, it was, um, there was two parts to it. On one hand, it was hard because we have addictions to certain foods and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. On the other side, I was so desperate to feel better that mm. I just did it. Um, and I was so happy to find, okay, this might really be what it is after so long, but there were a couple of big things. Um, actually, even before the food, um, sensitivity stuff and the, the way that I changed my diet, even prior to that, I stopped eating meat and I've kind of through my life gone back and forth a little bit with that. But for seven years, I didn't eat any meat and I had read, and this was completely true for me that our body is not born with the enzyme to break down meat. We actually develop mm. it over time. Wow. And so when we are taking meat out of our diet, the first two or three weeks feels really, really tough. But if you can get past those two or three weeks, you will not, it, you lose the craving for wow. it. And I remember people saying, because I was the biggest fan of burgers. And like I said, now I go a little, sometimes I will have a little bit of meat, but I was the biggest fan of red meat and burgers. And people would say, oh my God, don't you miss that so much? And I'm like, you know what? I don't even think of meat as food. I remember saying this, like meat is like plastic <laughs> to me. Like I don't even think of it as food <laughs> because I lost the enzyme. My body lost wow. the lost the enzyme. And so that was really interesting. The other thing is more about so that's about the enzyme, but the 21 days is also a psychological, um, psychologically proven thing that it takes 21 days to start or break any habit. So if you can do something for 21 days, it's going to feel like, okay, I'm just checking the box because I have to do this and I'm trying to break this habit for the first three weeks. And then after that, it's going to feel really natural. So if you can just get yourself with anything to over the 21 day mark, it's going to feel easier. Mm, I love that. And then on the the other piece is that I, my vice is sugar and sweets and we mm. are addicted. We're addicted to those things. And so really anything that we're having a lot, we can become addicted to. So that's why I love the idea of doing a little bit of a detox or a cleanse. I like cleanses that use food, not anything kind of crazy or juice cleanse. I'm not a fan of anything that's super uh, feeling super like unnatural like that. I don't know if that's mm. the right word, but um, I I think that we can we can cleanse ourselves of the, of the addiction that we have to certain foods. So, but I'm curious. So how, how are you feeling now? Oh, I love that. Um, I'm feeling so much better. So I just did it for like seasonal allergies and then okay. all of these food sensitivities, maybe permanent allergies. We don't know yet. Um, came up and it's been, I mean, the first three weeks were just like awful because I didn't, I wasn't going into it thinking, 
I'm going to go see my chiropractor and I'm going to be on like the whole 30 elimination diet. I was like, uh-huh. no, she's just going to give me some supplements and it's going to be great. Yeah. So when it happened, it was like a train wreck. And I was like very confused on like, is something going to come back or is this permanent? Uh-huh. And so like the whole like in- reincorporating ingredients is starting to happen now. So it's like a little less panicky of like, am I ever going to be able to have salsa again? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. And then just figuring out like uh, alternative ways to make things. So I've been like homemaking tortillas with brown rice flour and like all that stuff. So do you feel like it helped you to think differently about what you could do? Because I yeah. feel like that can definitely happen where you're like, okay, it seemed really hard, but now you're like, oh my God, I can do that. Easy peasy. But when I first started, yeah. I was just like, I'm going to die. But you're right. And, and then three weeks later, it really was around that three week mark where I was just like, oh, I've got this. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I don't yeah. have to like keep blaming everyone else for this diet. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, oh, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, again, I'm just so, I love your wellness story. That was just, it's amazing. So while you are, um, kind of coming up with the concept of Vera with Catherine, I'm so curious, like, were you both kind of drawn to this work? Does she, I mean, was it, um, a natural fit for you guys to have this theme? I'm curious how it started. Sure. So, I think it was a long time in the making. I mentioned before that Catherine and I both co-led our global partnerships group at BuzzFeed and were early on there. She was even earlier than I. And so we had a lot of experience working together. We actually had the same job and it was split for, for a while. And so that was a very unique experience. What I didn't mention is that during our time in New York, we also lived together. Wow. So we lived together, worked together, and had the exact same job. <laughs> Wow. And but we're best and our best friends and we're oh. at the time as well. And that seems like it would be a recipe for disaster. I think <laughs> if I heard that from anyone else, I'd think, what are you thinking? That's not a good idea. <laughs> but for some reason, it really worked for us. And we had a great experience doing it. We ended up then, you know, going our own on our own paths in our career, but we always always said, and we were always interested in coaching. Mm. And, but we were also really interested in this wellness space. So there were a couple of things that happened that I think were important in putting us on this path. So I already mentioned my experience and my kind of some of the inward work and healing that I did when I moved to San Francisco. That really caused me to look at so many things differently as I continue to explore that space. Catherine, after BuzzFeed actually moved to Australia to launch the APAC business unit for BuzzFeed and also was a great opportunity and really cool experience. But she, I won't speak too much for her, but she tells this story as well, went through something similar where she was like, I'm alone. What am I doing? And she was really drawn to doing some healing work as well. Interestingly enough, we both were exploring this healing space and we hadn't told each other, not for any reason. It just happened to be that we hadn't told each other we were doing it. And then we, you know, began discussing it and found how passionate we both were about it. We, I think we both went for energy healing around the same time without knowing the other one. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) So for years we talked about what do, you know, what, what's our thing going to be? We know we want to create something together again. And the stars kind of aligned um, in the fall of last year, maybe a little bit before that. I was doing consulting work. So I had um, left uh, Uber earlier last year and I was doing consulting work. 
some of that work was coming to a completion. And Catherine was in the US and for a, a few weeks. And while she was there, we were talking a lot about what do we want to do? What's our thing going to be? She was working somewhere else, but she had made a big mistake with her visa when she left the country. So essentially oh. she was she was on a visa uh, where she had to inform the government when she was leaving in order to come back in. And she realized on the trip that she forgot to do that. Oopsie. And she was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so she was like, I'm not going to be able to work for three months when I go back to Australia. Oh my God. She was going back to Australia. Her partner was there. So it, her life was there. So she already knew she was going to go back. But we said, this is a sign from the universe. This is our profound moment. Neither of us are working. This is, you know, neither of us are working anywhere else or will be working anywhere else. And this is really the time. So every day we worked on what is this going to look like? And we asked ourselves a few different questions that I suggest often when people are thinking about what do I want to start? What do I want to do? But essentially exploring things like what could we do all day and or do we do that we get completely lost in and lose track of time? What would we do if we weren't being paid for it? What did we love to do when we're young, when we're a kid? And we went through all of these exercises. And I mentioned already, one day I looked at my computer and I'm like, I have like hundreds of these lists on my computer of recommendations for people of all these different things. And I'm like, this is, the, this is something I'm really passionate about. We both had had experience coaching um, mm-hmm. in the context of being leaders at these companies that we were at. And then also a little bit outside of that as well, we'd done some coaching work. So it all really came together through those, through those exercises. And we worked on building it out in the fall. We did a big, um, and we started the, some of the pieces of the business. Then we did a big launch event in, in March, but had been working on it for the months prior as well. That's awesome. I love that. That is so rare. To find, I'm going to say partner companion like that, that you can literally embody the same job. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very rare. So cool. I love that. (laughs) How do you guys um, kind of stay honest with each other? I'm so curious. You know, I think some of that, first of all, we do, both of us do the work. We Mm. do a lot of work on ourselves and a lot of inward work. I mean, we didn't always because when we were younger, we didn't really know about a lot of this stuff. But I think that as we've matured, we've gotten a lot better at it. But I think we've always had the dynamic where we could be really honest with each other and not take it personally. I think we really, really appreciate, not just from each other, but overall, we appreciate feedback. We appreciate the perspective of another. And so we really take that without taking it personal and without, and we know that the other has positive intent. So, you know, there's a few lessons there that I would say for anyone who's thinking about how they can work with someone better, better, whether they want to work with a co-founder, whether they they want a better relationship with their coworker, but essentially assume positive intent, maybe have the conversations to lay the groundwork for how you're going to do that. It operating from a place that really it's not, it's not personal. And always looking at yourself first. So when I'm thinking about, oh, there's something here in this dynamic or project that's not working, let me, let, let's talk about it. Okay, before I open that conversation, let me think about my contribution. Mm. I think is really helpful and things that I've learned. 
I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. My, what I've learned is like my contribution and also (laughs) what's my shit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have an amazing dynamic to <laughs> both explore and then be honest about both of those things. That's yeah. amazing. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Um, I want to go back to earlier when you were talking about ancestral trauma. I'm so sorry. I skipped over this. Um, okay. If you're willing to share. So ancestral trauma is something I'm very interested in getting into. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to share and you don't have to, I'm so curious, how did that loneliness that you were experiencing kind of relate to ancestral trauma that had been passed down. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm I'm going to try to remember exactly because it was a while ago now. Um, I'm going to kind of just share stream of consciousness. So one of the things that she shared with me was that on my father's, through my father's lineage and through my father's side of the family, there was a lot of anger and there's a lot of anger from the way that certain generations were treated, certain women through prior generations from, you know, many generations past were treated and that I was holding on to that. Mm. So I was holding on to the anger and resentment of that ancestral experience and that ancestral trauma. And it was manifesting in energetic blockages and in certain energy centers in my body, not then flowing and interacting with one another. And so that was something that we worked on through energy healing, um, but really helped me to understand, like I mentioned, that this is not just about our experience and we carry our ancestral traumas with us as well. Outside of that session, I began doing some research and there's way more that I could do. I'm not an expert on epigenetics, which I think is so, so interesting, especially with everything happening in the world right now as well. but epigenetics is this emerging science that it, the research is emerging right now and it's new, but that it, it is scientifically proven as well that we, we do, that trauma is passed through our DNA. Yeah. So there's sort of two different pieces. One is maybe more of the energetic soul-based trauma experience. And then the other is more of the physical DNA as well. Wow. Oh my God. That's amazing. That's yeah. how... Like what a service you're doing <laughs> for your future ancestors. Yes. And then also just, you know, your karmic soul, wherever that may be going to yeah. work on that. That's so cool. Yeah, it really, really is. And I think for some of us, it's a lifelong practice and it's a mm. lifelong thing. But if we can clear it and we can do the hard things, sometimes it means making hard decisions and ma- and not going the easy path. But if we can deal with some of that discomfort, then we're going to be a lot better on the other side. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you for saying that. And I'm excited um, to do some ancestral trauma healing, especially with energy healing mixed in. That just sounds like the perfect combo. Yeah. It's really, really great. If you ever want to go to Tanya, let me know. She's Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to link her below for anyone that's wondering. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be so great. And Srimati, you did the most wonderful interview with her. Um, for your podcast. So I'll link that one too because she is oh, thank you. such a light. Oh my gosh. One of my friends who follows her religiously was like, that was the best interview I've ever heard of her because you knew, you just knew her so well. And so you just did it really, you did it justice. So that was really cool. That means a lot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I really, my intent was to ask about all of the things that were that had made the biggest impact on me that we had started exploring. I heard morsels of from her and really 
I intended, and I think she really did deliver here to kind of expand on some of those things. And she really reminds us that she really reminds us of so many important things about how we can look at our relationships, the purpose that they have and what we can take from them and also what's possible for us in this life that we don't have to stick to one thing that it's never too late to do something new and it was i mean i she's amazing oh, I love yeah. That. Yeah, yeah that's something that i'm holding on to right now of like during this kind of you know lockdown like trying to start a business and then realizing that business is <laughs> it's for festival clothing so like that's really not going to happen right now <laughs> so pivoting and then giving yourself space and forgiving and yeah anyway you yeah, yeah. you did well, it justice oh thank you but I, yeah. and i think on that note sometimes we can get so caught up in i've spent so much time doing this thing i need to continue to do it i can't change now but right. if you're if you're still alive it's not too late to change <sighs> Such good advice. Yes. I, I remind yes. myself of that. I love that. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay. So I'm curious, you know, we're in a weird time. <laughs> we're in a very strange time right now, whether you have a job or not. And I'm curious, what are your suggestions to empowering your career right now? So I think that there could be a number of different approaches taken on this based on what someone is looking to explore or what part of their career they're looking for more empowerment in. I mean, for some people, this means empowering their career means I want to change careers and do something more aligned to my purpose. For others, it's what is my purpose and how can I align it to my career? And, and then for others, it's it's something more along the lines of I want to call in more abundance. I want to take on more ownership in the career path that I'm in right now. And so I think that regardless of what it means for you and what you you are exploring, something that is always a helpful place to start is to really think about what do you want the story of your life to be and how can you work backwards from that? And what are the smallest steps, if you can't make the biggest steps right now, that put you on the path to being to being, to fulfilling that. Mm. You're always going to be served by embracing what lights you up because when you embrace what lights you up, you're operating in your alignment. And a lot of times people feel like, well, I can't make a big career. I don't love my job, but I can't make a big career change right now for you know practical reasons or whatever the reasons may be. But there's always a way to figure out what part of it does light me up the most, or even if it's just a little, and do more of that. Because if you begin doing that, you will be guided to do more and more of the thing that you are meant to do and that feels good for you. I love that. Yeah. I think that it can be... It can be a challenge to start to take those leaps when we're comfortable. It can be a challenge to even trust ourselves to begin exploring something new or taking a risk. But we, when we find our alignment, it will, it will serve us. There's, there's endless opportunity for us and I think that it's really about feeling into it. And 
and, and speaking up and asking for those things, whether it's mm. to yourself or whether it's to who's around you. Something I talked about recently was this phenomenon that I think happens with a lot of women, a lot of ambitious women, and it certainly happened with me. And I told this story on a recent podcast of ours where essentially, you know, we can work so hard to achieve what we, what our goals were, what we thought we should or what we wanted. And we finally have a seat at the table. And sometimes it's the literal table and (laughs) we're sitting around and this has happened to me and we're we're sitting around and we're saying, and and we're in the room with, with all the people that we work so hard to get in the room with. And we find ourselves not saying anything. Mm. I have been in that room multiple times where I was maybe the only woman in the room or the youngest and I worked hard to be there and I'm sitting around the table and I'm not saying one word. Mm. And I think that is a profound experience to reflect on because it's usually coming from one or one of two places. One, it may be coming from the fact that you there's some work to do for you in becoming more empowered to use your voice, to really think about what is the perspective that only I can bring? Because a lot of times we don't speak because we feel like they already know, or that's that's not an important enough thing to say. But the truth is we we are the only one with our unique perspective. And no matter what your role is, no matter what you're doing, you have a unique perspective to give and unique experience. So really start thinking about what is it that only you can bring and only you can share. And even if you start doing that a little bit, it'll grow and be bigger. And that's a really important thing to keep in mind. And the other piece of it is sometimes we don't speak up because we're really not interested. (laughs) And that is an important realization as well. If you're in a room that you worked hard to be in and you thought you really wanted and you're finding yourself not speaking up, sometimes it's because it's not lighting you up. Mm, Wow. So those are the those are the kind of musings I would suggest to think about in general if you're thinking about empowering yourself more in your career. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's like, I think things are changing so much too with communication right now and meetings are on zoom and sometimes you're in huge meetings and that your camera is on, like everything is just changing so rapidly. And Mm -hmm. I think that with change, sometimes you can lose your voice or you can get tripped up on like something like your zoom background or like you didn't put your makeup on that day. Like there's so many different factors. So I love that idea of like practicing that. I just listened to this podcast episode. It was so, so, so good. I'm going to link it below because it has so many good tips on, uh, well, not just tips, but like your personal stories about being in those rooms. And to hear them, I was like, oh, I can relate to this so much. Like I've worked in big nonprofits my entire life. And it's like the same thing where I'll find myself in the, around that like board meeting room table. And I'm like, uh-huh. like <laughs> I have something to say. And then someone else will say it. I'm like, why didn't I just say it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that I found from sharing that how many other people had felt mm. the same way. I, I suspected, but it really was um, profound how many people reached out and felt like they had a really similar experience. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised. And it's also like heartbreaking and inspiring all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, you bring up another good point in saying that, I think that we are not alone when we're feeling these, when we're having these experiences and we're going through 
some of these feelings or doubting ourselves, we are not alone. And we're, we can support each other through these experiences. We can share our vulnerability, share what we're going through when we feel like we have the psychological safety to do that, um, which is another thing that I talk about in, in the context of work. But we're not alone. Yeah. Which is an important thing to remember. Oh, so important. You're so right. I love that. So what are your suggestions for iterating kind of ideas to be in alignment? So I think that when you're looking to find your alignment, it's really important first and foremost that you build a relationship with your intuition your gut instinct. Some people think of it as their gut instinct and think about it more scientifically. Some people think about it as their intuition and may think of it a little bit more as having a spiritual connection. So both are good. Whichever way makes more sense for you. Some of the things that you can do that help you to connect with your intuition and build a relationship with that is clear out your distractions and clear out the noise as much as you can. So a couple of things you can do is find time to be completely alone and completely without distraction every single day. Maybe that looks like a meditation practice. Maybe that looks like a walk in nature. Maybe that looks like sun gazing in the morning. Whatever feels good to you, carve out that time because it will help you to be able to listen to yourself. The second piece is, and this is talked about in the context of human design too, and I know you've had Victoria on and have had a big conversation about that. That's something else that we use in in coaching um, as well. But saying no to the things that do not light you up as much as you can is also really going to help clear the space for you to be able to listen to yourself and know what you really like. So Building that relationship with your intuition is so, so important because it will help to guide you with what feels good. What feels good is usually, and we're talking about it in the context of work, is usually what we're good at and where we have a gift, where we have Mm -hmm. some level of gift. So it's always going to be aligned to what will create whatever this means to you, what will create success for you. So that's really important. This conversation brings me, I think it's a young Pueblo quote. Mm. may not be pronouncing his name wrong, but I saved it and refer back to it. Oh, you know what? I actually think it may be a Neil Strauss quote. Neil Strauss also has a great uh, set of musings, but I remember it and it says, two things make life easier. And I think this totally applies to your career. One, having a great relationship with your intuition and two, not being afraid of change. So once you get Mm -hmm. that, Once you build that relationship and can start listening to yourself, finding a way to break through the fear that can come with making change, putting yourself out there, trying something new is going to be a really important part of what guides you. Mm, I love that. That's so beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I can attest to the morning routine. I used to, um, I always wanted to get up earlier in the morning. You guys talked about this on the podcast episode and I was just like, oh my God, this is my life. (laughs) But it was just like, I would wake up late and I would like rush to get to work and I would be at work late and I would rush to get the coffee at work and like, you know, make them breakfast at work. It was just like my mornings were um, running me. It was just not. and, And I desperately desperately wanted to wake up earlier and I would do all kinds of things. I bought every alarm clock under the sun 
<laughs> I explored every different alarm clock app on the iPhone. It was just like, I tried everything. And then as soon as I started a morning routine that wasn't working out, it was meditation and then um, a spiritual practice. And as soon as I did that, I was like, bing, 7 a.m. wake up automatically. And it's, yeah. instead of like having days where I'm like, I didn't get anything done I wanted, it's like, oh, I have time for reflection. And like, I feel uh-huh. very like accomplished already before I even get ready in the morning. Like it's just, yeah. it's such a game changer. So I highly recommend that. Oh, I'm so happy that it's had such a profound effect on you. I completely, completely agree. It's yeah. so, so important. And it really changes your whole day, week, life. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any suggestions for those of us that are unemployed or underemployed at the moment? If you are unemployed right now or underemployed, the first piece and, and something that's really important before you move to anything else is to, especially if you're feeling low or you're feeling down about it or even some shame about it, is to have compassion for yourself and practice self-compassion and whatever makes, whatever resonates most for you. Remove the shame, remove the, remove those kind of feelings and external pieces that I just mentioned from the experience, because that is separate from you. This is an experience you're having and it doesn't define you. And so I think it's really important when we go through something like unemployment or underemployment, when we don't want to be unemployed or unemployed or underemployed, that we, that we have compassion for ourselves and we recognize it's not our fault. Because when we get caught up in that, it can really be blocking and block us. Um, so after that, I'll say, recognize that this is a sacred moment for you. This is your sacred moment. I mentioned earlier in the conversation that my wellness journey, using that example, came and, and really what led me on the path that I'm on now and what I'm doing now came from the lowest points in my life, the very lowest moments that gave me that clarity. So how can you really lean into the way that you're feeling or what this experience is like for you to pull some clarity out of it. Those two pieces I think are very important and some of the kind of softer aspects of the experience. But in going back to thinking about how this is a sacred moment for you, this is your opportunity to really take stock of what are you, where is your career at? What are you doing? Does this feel in alignment for you? Are there things you had been doing that you're doing because of the inertia that you had had or dogma of you know what you think you should be doing? And this is a really great time to reflect on that. But essentially ask yourself those questions that I had shared that Catherine and I asked ourselves when we were creating Vera around what would you do if you weren't being paid for it? What did you love doing as a kid? What do you get completely lost in and lose track of time in now? And while not everyone will have the freedom and flexibility or financial means to go, you know, head first and embrace that as their career, there's always ways where you can start doing some of that. And that is my biggest suggestion. If you have some time and you can explore new careers or you can explore spending X percent of your time on something else, 
answer those questions for yourself and figure out how can you start even a little bit to do something in alignment with those questions. Mm, I love that. They're such good questions. I'm like already inspired by them. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, they're good. They're so simple. And we don't, but it's the simplest thing sometimes that don't come to mind first. Oh, for sure. We as humans overcomplicate everything. Always. Every t- every time. I'm like, literally, yeah. I have it like a sticker on my forehead, like simplify. Yeah. <laughs> Do <it>. less. Simplify. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love that. And the sacred moment. I mean, I'm just thinking of like, this is nowhere near the 2008 recession, I think long-term, but there's so many cool businesses that came out of that and so many like big stories to be mm-hmm. birthed by it. So yeah. Truly, it is a sacred moment. And if we treat it as such, then perhaps we'll find that thing that can come out of it. That's really cool. Yeah, I completely agree. Very inspiring. I love that. Well, this is amazing. Do you have anything else to share with us about coaching or wellness or anything else? Um, I guess I would just say that, remember, you are in, you are the owner of your life and you can create the life that you want to have and you have so much power. I will say it again. I mentioned it earlier, but you are the one you have been waiting for. And if you Mm -hmm. can remember that and practice that, it's going to serve you. I love that. That's so amazing. That's awesome. Well, if someone is interested in getting coached by you, following Vera, where, where can we find you? Oh, thank you. Um, well, we have through VR podcast that we do every week. It's called This Life Explains It All. So you can follow or subscribe to the podcast or everywhere that podcasts uh, are hosted for the most part. You can find us. We're at VR Life on Instagram or VRLife.com on our on the website. And if you're interested in working with us for coaching, we do both business and career coaching and personal development coaching, you can, you can reach out to me. My email is stefania at viralife.com, or you can go to our website on the coaching page and, and fill out the form. We are really, we've created this coaching practice to work with and help guide people who want to play bigger in their lives and careers. So whether you already know what your goal is and you know what you want to do, or you want to figure out what what that is for you and what that looks like. We always start by doing a really thorough deep dive assessment of your current state, your current path and where you at, where you're at. Um, then we work together to develop your personal and professional north stars and then we work with you to mm. get there. So that's a little bit about how it works and what it looks like. Oh, so cool. I love that. <laughs> well, this has just been amazing. You're truly inspiring. I think anybody would be lucky to work with you too. And I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was, I really enjoyed this conversation. We can do it again. Yay. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you found it interesting. I know I did. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Stefania. And I'm so, so, so grateful that this podcast has so many listeners. So thank you. And if you feel inspired, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can give a star rating and a short review that will really help me get some more followers. So I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next week.